Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. And you're like, Simon, why the flub should I listen to this? Because all that's going to happen is <laughs> you're going to vanish again, which is a great point. But that's not what's going to happen because um, I did a tweet the other day at Simon316, cheap plug on there. And basically, hadn't told anybody this because it ties into stuff I'm not really allowed to talk about at the moment, which is good. That's exciting times. Basically, for the last six months or so, every Tuesday and every Thursday, I've been doing a total of 12 hours driving. And when you do a total of 12 hours driving in the Monday to Friday working week, because you're trying to get other stuff done and you're trying to take advantage of opportunities, it makes it very difficult to make videos and very difficult to make podcasts. Now, as I've always said on this show, if you've listened to it before, and apologies for all of my waffle if you have seen this and be like, oh, I'd like to hear Simon talk about wrestling. I'm just doing some housekeeping, so do forgive me. But, um, you know, what culture will always... Um, be a priority, I suppose, if that makes sense. Just because I control my own content, right? And what culture is a team, a unit? I love working for them. But if I, you know, choose not to do a podcast, I just have to answer to myself. And I don't like not doing the podcast. I get some very crazy messages from some very crazy people going, you're such a bad person. I can't believe you did this. But it's never done. It's only ever done with good intentions, you know. So I hope you do understand. And now that we do have that time back after I have made a few shuffles, hopefully one day I'll be able to explain it to you. Like it all depends on, on lots of things. If I, I'd love to be able to share it with you because that means it was a success. <laughs> and if it's not a success, I'm not allowed to talk about it. But please do know all these decisions I make are just to try and, like I say, take the advantage of all the opportunities I'm very grateful and very blessed to have put in front of me. So that's that. Uh, you can always get me on DM over Instagram and Twitter again at Simon316. If you're a patron, patron.com for the Simon316. Make sure you send me a dm on there too again that's something else i'm going to get better at as well i know there's loads of people waiting for me to get back to them on there and i'm going to make sure i prioritize all of this and get some stuff uh get some stuff going again but i can only apologize i can only say sorry but it's as i said at the time it's never going to be something that we just stop doing entirely it's always there and i'm very blessed to have this kind of a platform anyway Good grief, what a time. Now, the last time I thought we were able... To, actually, no, the last one I did was a very one-off bespoke one because I just wanted a platform to talk about the CM Punk and the Elite stuff. And now, <laughs> when I plan to do this one, a rumor comes out, and it's probably more than a rumor, I think it's quite substantiated, that Vince McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, may want to come back to the World Wrestling Entertainment Federation. Which... I don't know. I mean, it tied into this Vice documentary that aired last night, which I haven't seen, but apparently sounds like it's just old dark side of the ring footage strung together, which I think is fine. I mean, lots of people do that to make new documentaries. I'm certainly not offended by it. And the fact that there was another Wall Street Journal uh, news article that came out that talked about the fact that, I think, was it Rita Chatterman, who is a former WW referee and a masseuse, I believe, are suing Vince McMahon for a certain amount of millions of dollars, over sexual harassment claims. Now, we can't say more than that because, again, it's one side against the other. But, of course, we can talk about the fact that Vincent Mann retired a few months ago uh, over claims that he had paid off women that he had had relationships with. Now, we're not going to spend too long on this because I don't actually think there's that much to say. That's bad. It's, it's awful. It's terrible. And it is the kind of stuff that people used to get away with back in the day. Should that have been the case? No. In 2022, should it be the case? Absolutely not. So thankfully, we've got to a stage now where this stuff is being is being outed. But the long and the short of it, and I think the thing that most wrestling fans want to concentrate on, although we always should throw that in, because otherwise you're not being fair to the victims. 
is the fact that it took Vincent Mann out of the game. <laughs> the irony of that sentence. And now he wants to come back. I think that'd be a terrible idea. Like, I really, really do. WWE, for one reason or another, has felt very, very uh, exciting and fresh over the last few months. And that's simply because it has a new pair of eyes and a new pair of hands taking control of it. Like, I, I am more than happy to say that there are two sides to Vince McMahon. There's a Vince McMahon we've already talked about where it sounds like, you know, uses his power to do things he absolutely shouldn't do. But he was also a very successful wrestling promoter. Like, you can't argue that. You just can't. 40 years at the top of, uh, of the industry, the revolutions and the changes he made are probably the reason I started to like wrestling. So he's very, very good at it. But I also think it's fair to say that time has probably passed him by, as it will for all of us. It doesn't matter what you're doing right now, what your passion is, what your hobby, what your job may be. Eventually, you are going to be a touch slower. You know, you're going to be less fast. That's the same thing. I couldn't come up with anything else. But you're not going to be as good as you once were. Going off on a complete tangent, it kind of ties into the Cristiano Ronaldo stuff. It's what he's going through right now. You know, he can't accept that he's not the player he once was. He truly thinks he is the same player. So he's kind of playing cat and mouse within his own head. But Triple H taking over has been better. I don't care about what well, I've talked about this a thousand times. I don't care about ratings and I don't care about what the stock price is. I'm not saying that stuff's not interesting. And of course, you should go and look at it. But like the raw rating came out the other day and it's awful. It's like 1.4 and it did like a 0 0.38, 0 0.38, 0 0.37 or something like that. If you're into the demographics, you know what I'm talking about. Who cares? I don't care that it's one of the lowest ratings ever. All I care about is did I enjoy this show or did I not enjoy this show? Now, actually, the last raw was a little dry, I thought. I think, um, you know... Filling three hours is always going to be hard, and the way that Triple H's approaches it means that sometimes a lot of it can feel like filler. I mean, what Vince McMahon used to do was add nonsense to the show, which is something that we all know I enjoy. I like goofy wrestling, so when we did the stupid stuff, I was quite happy. It's, like, it's why I liked the poker tournament the other week. I thought it was a good way to just add little bits in, tell a story, and just make sure things are as dumb as possible because goofy wrestling for life. Actually, I should advertise it here. What a better audience. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Simon Miller. That's right. That's what I did in my time away. I went and made a deal with Pro Wrestling Tees. And you can get a goofy wrestling for life tee. You can get warm and fuzzy in my tum tum tee. And you can get the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment tee. And the hardest and the hardest part of the ring tee is going up there very soon as well. I may as well plug it. It's Christmas time. And they do great shirts, as I'm sure you know. And they deliver worldwide as well. And I do appreciate them taking me taking me on board. But yes, this last Raw, I, I didn't think was particularly good. However, overall, the Triple H era to me has been great. It has been good. We've told some good stories. I think it's helped the bloodline narrative, even though we do have to admit that did start under Vince McMahon. Everything with Gunther has been awesome. And again, there were those rumors that apparently Vince was done with him. And that would have been crazy if we had got rid of it. The women's division is undoubtedly better. There's still loads of little things that we need to fix, but that's the same across the entire show. But the amount of dedication, the amount of time we're giving to women's wrestling at the moment is great. And some people go, oh, they shouldn't be doing this. Yes, they should, because then it becomes the norm. And then you can have more fun with it down the line. Sometimes you can prioritize the men. Sometimes you can prioritize the women, depending what people are watching and depending what the stories are. But if you're only going to sneak the female wrestlers in for a little bit, they're never going to evolve like that so i just if you all of a sudden you went back to vince mcmahon i just don't think it would be a good idea like what would he add let's look at the behind the stage stuff as well if we believe all the stuff that comes out and again always take it with a pinch of salt morale is up from wrestlers and from writers and meetings aren't crazy and scripts aren't being written uh, ripped up and you don't have to walk on eggshells you can actually voice an opinion this is the kind of stuff we need. All of that good, positive vibes absolutely will showcase itself in front of a camera, which is why we're a few weeks away from the Royal Rumble, and it's already broken its gate record, I believe. I think it's already made more money on live ticket sales than any other Royal Rumble ever, or at least it's top two. I can't remember. And I think that is... Uh indicative of where the company is right now and it's also fair to say when we do talk about these ratings that it's 
December is always a terrible time for pro wrestling. It just is. It could be one of the reasons they've decided not to run a pay-per-view until the Royal Rumble, because they know it's going to be a low point anyway. So anything we do is going to feel a bit lackluster. And that's something else that um, we'll call him Paul Levesque has done. The premium live events feel way more special than they did. They don't feel like extensions of Raw and SmackDown anymore. They actually feel like something you can sink your teeth into. And I think they have to feel like that because I think that not only bolsters Monday and Friday nights, but it gives wrestlers the edge they need because they know, okay, we can build to here, we can have an explosion, and then we can get back on to doing what we're doing on a week-to-week basis. So, I mean, I really can't see any reason why you would want to make that change other than the fact that Vincent Mann, of course, wants to. And he is still the chairman of the board. He still does control the majority of the stock. So I don't know how that's going to work. If he decides he does want to come back, I think it kind of just has to happen. And that may be poppycock. That may be me being uh, way on the hyperbole train. But I know a lot of people that would push away. I don't know how the wrestlers react to it because I think mostly wrestlers just want to keep their job. But that would be a worry as well, right? Think of like Karrion Cross and Scarlett and Dakota Kai and Hit Row and a bunch of other people I won't have remembered. They'll instantly fear for their jobs. And while on both sides, WWE and AEW can say they hire too many people, they do this or they do that, I'd always much rather people were employed. And I find it nuts when on Twitter especially, people go, I don't want this person to have a job. I'm like, wow, man, you're crazy. You're an absolutely insane person. Can you imagine if that's your only real problem in the world? We'll just go with Braun Strowman. Look, Braun Strowman is a person, he's a bit bit nuts. (laughs) We know this from social media, but we'll call him Adam Schur. But Braun Strowman on the television is fantastic, especially the way that WWE uses him. I've enjoyed everything he's done since he come back. I like his whole, he comes to the ring and he beats everybody up. Like, that's that's just fun stuff. But if all of a sudden, you know, he gets kicked out the door again... I don't know, man. I just I just don't think that's going to... Same with Bray Wyatt as well, right? That's the other thing. Same with Bray Wyatt. It's just... You don't want there to be that sort of Damocles hanging over your head. Because all of a sudden, I think it would make people go, well, I don't know I don't know what I want to do with this product anymore. I think I kind of pushed two conversations together there. My brain went on a little bit of a flight of fancy. Oh, that's right. I've just remembered. So yeah, Braun Strowman gets back and people go, I don't want Braun Strowman to be, to be employed. That's your biggest problem in life. Not finances, not your relationship, not your family, not health, not happiness. The fact that some dude you don't know got a pretty damn good job. I want to live in that world. I want to live that life. I want to live that life where the only thing I've got going on is being mad at someone else having the job. It's good that people have jobs. And it's good that there's two companies or multiple companies where wrestlers can work. I'm sick of this too. I'm sick of the whole loyalist thing. I'm sick of people coming at me on ups and downs. Actually, no, I don't care. I'm not going to lie. I'm just doing this for effect. However, I'm absolutely sick of people saying you're so biased. What am I biased towards? What am I biased towards? I ain't getting money for AEW or WWE. We said this back in the day. Tony Khan. Triple H now. If you want to send me a big pack of money and only give up ups, I'll do it. (laughs) And I'll do it and I'll tell everyone. I'll be like, the following show is sponsored by WWE. Ten ups, negative two downs. That's right. I'll do negative downs. Who cares? Look at me. I'm a moron. I got a stupid show. It doesn't mean anything, but I do love doing it. And the ring apron is the hardest part of the ring. So let's hope that doesn't happen. I just, we, we want to move forward. We don't want to move back, right? That's always the way. And there's nothing, I don't think there's anything that Vincent Mann could bring to the table right now that would help. And that's why we shouldn't do it. Aside from all the moral stuff, which absolutely is more important. And on a lesser level too, and this is like the bottom of the barrel stuff. It's not what matters, but it's still something to think about. I don't want to get back to, uh, what do you call it? I don't want to get back to the point where I'm watching the show and I know all this controversy has gone in the background and you have to deal with it. You know what I mean? And that's what happened with this sexual harassment stuff. It's just like, oh man, geez. Oh, I can't believe it. 
Like the I think you know this is night and day, of course, because this was the worst thing to ever happen in pro wrestling. Well, one of one of you know top two, I would say. But when the Chris Benoit thing happened in 2007, I had to take a break. I absolutely had to take a break because it was just like I can't, I can't be dealing with this stuff right now. And I'm sure a lot of you were the same. And that's because when you watch wrestling, you want it to be an escape. You want it to be a form of entertainment before anything else. And Vince McMahon coming back brings all this. Um, all this back into the, to the central focus. And also imagine if you're one of the victims of what did happen. That's probably going to send you crazy as well as it would do. Funnily enough, I have Google alerts. This happens to me a lot when I do this show. I bring the wrestling news. I have, uh, I have like Google alerts just to tell me about any wrestling news that pops up because it's good for why videos and it's good for reacting on YouTube. And this has all sudden popped up. And this kind of ties into what we were just talking about, which is amazing. Turns out I don't know what I'm talking about. Some of the WWE superstars rehired by Triple H as part of the company's new regime have severely underwhelmed the 14-time world champion. Champion. I like how they went mainstream news there and used used a descriptor rather than his name again. Since being appointed head of talent relations in July, the game has rehired several former superstars, all of whom were released within the last three years. WrestleVotes reports that a handful of names brought back haven't lived up to their potential. And then we have the WrestleVotes tweet. I'm told a handful of talent brought back in the rehiring wave over the summer have underperformed and severely underwhelmed Triple H and others since returning to the company. And we've got a list of the uh, of the people as well. So far, the list of talent rehired under Triple H includes Karrion Cross and Scarlett. I mean, they have been shifted around a little bit recently. I don't think it would be them because I think Triple H just loves them with all of his heart. But I can kind of see it. The Good Brothers, no, the Good Brothers just do their thing. Braun Strowman, I think he's done well. Johnny Gargano, doubt it. Dakota Kai, maybe, but that's not on Dakota Kai. Damage control isn't working as far as I'm controlled. I still don't know what it is. Uh, Bray Wyatt, doubt it very much. I haven't done anything with him yet. Emma and Tegan Knox. Um, well, the first one that came to my mind, and Candice LeRae's in there as well, and the one that came to my mind was Hit Row. But once again, I don't 100% know whether that's their fault or not, as weird as that sounds, because well, we haven't done anything with them. I mean, maybe we haven't done anything with them because there's things we haven't seen. Again, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But they've done nothing of note. They haven't had a feud. I mean, they've done some stuff with the Viking Raiders and uh, Legado del Fantasma. But it's not been, you couldn't tell anybody about what's happened. It's just there. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it could be six of one, half a dozen of the other. But look, it popped up. And I think that's quite an interesting thing, given what we've just talked about. Because there is also a criticism towards Triple H. People go, oh, he's just doing it for his mates. I don't think he is. I think he genuinely sees talent in people. And as we can see there, if you're not able to live up to it, then your position isn't as secured as maybe you first thought. So, And there's more, there's more to all this story, too. Because, of course, William Regal. Uh, and William Regal has poo-pooed this. But, you know, most time wrestlers poo-poo things actually does happen. And it makes sense why he would uh, why he would go back. It certainly sounds like he's going back as a vice president. So straight away, it makes perfect sense as to why uh, he would want to, to leave AEW. I, mean, I don't think he necessarily wants to leave AEW, but I imagine if your son's in one company and you want to be close to them, plus you've been offered an executive position as vice president, that's probably something you need to you need to to take up, right? And he's not going to appear on television for that 2023, which was the other argument I saw. Well, if he's going to do this for this person, why the hell wouldn't they do it for Alistair Black or Malachi Black, I should say, or Buddy Murphy or whoever else was in the Andrade. And that's because they want to be on television. Like, it is out of sight, out of mind. Whereas we, the hardcore, you know, wrestling fan, will know everything yeah, that um, William Regal is doing because we'll keep an eye on it. If you're just a casual fan that maybe watches both AEW and WWE, William Regal would just vanish into the abyss because he's not appearing on television. So if Malachi Black wanted an agent position or a trainer position, he would probably get the green light. So I didn't have a massive problem with it. As long as Tony Khan and William Regal have come to an agreement, let the man works where he wants to work. Like, <laughs> what's the problem, you know? I really don't see a problem with it. So... 
And good for him. I mean, it, it should come as no surprise to you as a British man. I flipping love William Regal. He's a hero of mine. I've got to interview him a couple of times and he's full of, well, no, on one, one occasion he was full of, you know, information and advice and just being very, very supportive. And then on the other side, we did a funny interview, a stupid interview, which is on my YouTube channel right now. Cheap plug to search for Simon Miller. Look for my William Regal interview that I did, uh, that I did uh, in character, the, the Miller Report. <laughs> You'll, if you know, you know. If you don't know, don't worry about it. I would change that character a lot these days. But hey-ho, that's how we learn. Um, and he was great at that as well because he's an entertainer first and foremost and he gets professional wrestling. So I could see why anybody would want his on his team. But I don't get mad about this stuff. Like I've done that before. I've left one company and then realized I should have gone back to the other one. It only happened once, but I still did it. And sometimes that's just people's mindset. And I had nothing against the company that I joined. It was a bunch of personal issues. And I think that's going to be the same for William Regal as well. So we shall wait and see. I also do want to point out that I, I was able to check out NXT last night as I'm recording this. So happy that Roxy, uh, Roxanne Perez, I should say, won the NXT championship she is going to be massive in 2023 she just is i i would fast track her to the main roster i don't care if she's 21 she's got it she's got it like that's it <laughs> she she knows what she's doing she's good when she was like 19 and now in the wwe system i think they like her so she's getting even better so massive tick for her um i think that was really really good and, she, and look she beat mandy rose and it felt like a big deal because mandy rose had held that belt since 1927 and i would imagine that mandy rose probably comes back to the main roster now there's nothing else that she can do down there it was cool that she went back there and almost redefined her character because now she can come back up to raw and smackdown and be more of a badass wrestler so i actually think it's quite cool so I look forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to the Queen and King of the Ring. WWE renewed that trademark. I do think it's going to be a pay-per-view next year. And I hope they do it like we used to do it. Qualifying matches, moving into one night's worth of tournaments. Um, I mean this in a good way. No, not a good way. I mean this in a non-negative way. I would still like it if we picked and chose between the male and the, the men's and the women's. So sometimes you just... Not the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble I get. But it'd be nice if one year it was King of the Ring and one year it was Queen of the Ring. Just because I think when they're both running concurrently, you do lose a little bit of the magic. You lose a little bit of the allure. So I would like to do that. Same with when we do the Elimination Chamber or we do when Hell in a Cell is a bit different. I think Money in the Bank and the Royal Rumble is the only two that you need to do because they tell stories there. But even then, I think you could do Money in the Bank um, every other year. And people go, oh, that's too far. And it is too far. But I kind of feel like WWE has run out of ideas. Of, I mean, it makes stands to reason why they would. I kind of feel like WWE has run out of ideas when it comes to Money in the Bank and what they can and can't do. Really, they should go back to basics. But if you're only doing one a year, it just means you'll have more ideas for the person that does win it. And look at something like the World Cup that's on right now. That's every four years. That makes it more exciting. Same with the Euros. Um, the Ryder Cup's every two years, is it not? Is the Ryder Cup every two years? Let's find out now. Is the Ryder Cup... Every two years. Boom. The Ryder Cup has become one of the world's greatest sporting events every two years. I am right. I, th I thought that. I watch it all the time. Clearly not. Every two years. So if you do it in real sports, I don't see why you can't do it in wrestling. Not everything has to be go, go, go all of the time, all of the time. So either way, though, I'm glad those, uh, those tournaments are coming back. Otherwise, I guess if we switch across to AEW just to catch up on things, I mean, it would be everything with um, uh, Maxwell Jacob Freeman, I suppose, MJF. And it's been a, I mean, it's been an interesting ride. I mean, the big question mark is still: should we have kept him face or kept him a good guy after his character naturally went in that direction? Now we do have a lot more information about this now. Stokely Hathaway came out and mentioned that the uh, CM Punk was meant to be plugged right into that feud, which is why I think the CM Punk would have to have got through the firm or fought the firm before he got to MJF. And then when that didn't happen, and they had to switch on the dime. Obviously, they decided to. 
uh, basically, you know, do this tease of Maxwell, Jake and Freeman being good guy, then teaming up with Dylan and Regal. And look, there are massive plot holes in it. We can't pretend otherwise. There are massive plot holes in it. But let's not worry about that, right? We're through all of that. We've made our decision. MJF has doubled down as a heel. He's got great heat the last week or, or two. Ricky Starks is a great babyface challenger. I mean, this has been everywhere if you listen to podcasts, but I do, I do agree with it. I think we should have done one match for the Diamond Ring and one match for the Championship, and Ricky Stark should have beaten MJF. I don't think that's a problem. I really don't. I think champions should be able to lose. As long as they hold on to their title, they've still got that momentum and they've still got that... Uh uh, that, that pep in their step and i also think it makes it more interesting and also coming out the other side it gives ricky stark something to talk about as well and it sort of fuels him into his next feud because one of my bi- disappointments is a bit strong but one of the sad things of 2023 is how quickly we went through the powerhouse hobbs ricky stark's feud i don't really think anybody came out the other side with any momentum and then they were off tv now i do believe there was an external reason for this but you want to be able to jump on on this stuff and you know, I mean, Dynamite is tonight. I'm going to put this up on the on the 14th of, of December. You know, if Ricky Starks just loses, he'll do a great performance because he's a great wrestler. He totally gets it. Cut that awesome promo. But you always need something after the fact. I mean, it's, it's kind of in reverse because I think everything that MJF and Ricky Starks has done is great. But it's what saved Liv Morgan. And again, Ricky Starks doesn't need saving. But that Liv Morgan title run was not good just because she was presented as lesser to Ronda Rousey. And you don't want that. She's your champion and she's a babyface you're trying to get over. So I never think that's, um, that's a good idea. But we had this idea after the fact, which was she's going to go crazy now. Crazy. Crazy Liv Morgan that's going to do crazy stuff with weapons. And that did give her a bit of momentum back and it made her interesting. Sadly, she then uh, disappeared from television for a little bit, which was a shame. And now she's teaming with Tegan Knox, I believe, to take on Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. But maybe, you know, I mean, they won, did they not? They did win. I think they won. I think they've had that match. Didn't they get their asses kicked? I can't remember. The point is, you want to present people as equals. And I think Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler should be like, you know, end of level bosses. They're so cool. But don't have people run away from them. Don't have people, don't have good guys, you know, cheat or squirm. Because it just doesn't work. Like, it just doesn't. So I'm hoping we do have plans for Ricky Starks. Let's keep him on TV. Let's not have him vanish again because he has a massive upside and he's only going to get better and better and better. And I've loved all of this feud and I'm very excited about Winter is Coming. I think it'll be a great show. I think it'll be a top show. And of course, we haven't done a, a show since we talked about AEW coming to the UK next year. And I was massively flattered by the amount of people that messaged me saying, so are you going to be on the show? And my answer is always the same. It's a dream come true, right? You would love to do that. It would be amazing. And you'd never forget it. And I'd feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum until the end of time. But you never know with these things. We're just going to have to wait and see and we'll let it play out. And I will keep shooting my shot. And I'll keep trying to manifest these opportunities into existence because um, that's always the way. And that's what you've got to do. We should probably have a look at, I mean, most people are probably going to hear this after winter is coming. But we should still talk about it because it is going to go up beforehand. Um, and we're probably not going to be able to get another done done this week because I've got, I got too much to do. But we definitely get one done a week. So we've got Chris Jericho versus TBA. It was announced that Chris Jericho is going to be back in accent after losing the Ring of Honor Championship. Great pay-per-view this weekend. Watch it if you have a couple of hours free. We've also got the House of Black in action as well. And they should really win that because they should be there ready for the winner of the, the Death Triangle versus the Elite, seven, the Best of Seven series, which is also happening tonight. It's match four, I think. And it's two to one to the death triangle. So you've got to imagine them when we get to two two up. But yeah, when we have that done, however we're going to do it, I imagine the elite will win the championships back and they should go right into a feud with House of Black. And we should, let's not do it one and done. Let's eke this out and let's build up with stories. I think it could be tremendous. We've also got Ruby Soho versus Ty Mello, which turns, ties into the fact that Ruby Soho returned recently and Ty Mello is the person that took her out. And then, yeah, we get to MJF versus Ricky Stark. So it's a five match card. I'm not 100% sure what else 
we will put on there. I'm sure more matches will, uh, will, will be announced. Hence why Chris Jericho is on it, to make it feel more like it's some sort of a pay-per-view. Um, maybe do something with Samoa Joe and Wardlow. That would be pretty good. I and mean, if you look at the poster, it is just the people that have been announced. But most winter incomings have been good, and I do enjoy a television show um, that feels... You know, unlike a television show, this is why I always think it's a good time of year for, for AEW to do it. They come off um, full gear and then and then you get to do this. So, yeah, like I know what am I going to say? I know that wrestling isn't as mm, but there's less interest in wrestling right now when you look at numbers. But I know over the last few weeks, I think SmackDown is a terrific show. I think Dynamite is a terrific show. I always enjoy Raw, and it would be superb at 120 minutes. It's that last 60 minutes that kills me. And Rampage is kind of ups and downs, the irony of it. I mean, the problem with Rampage, as we all know, is there's no real reason to watch it. It's always fun when you do watch it, but there's no real uh, there's no real reason to watch it. So, um, you know, I, I do think wrestling is in good shape. And I think when we get into January and the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season and, you know, AEW, you know, starts focusing. I mean, it's going to be Brian Danielson versus MGF, which I think is a good program. I still think most companies are in good shape. Not as good a shape as they were, because there was definitely a mini boom a few months ago. But it's, you know, it, it's it, there's always going to be peaks and troughs. That's just the way that it works, which is why I would, I would always promote the fact that you shouldn't get bogged down with the nonsense. Because as soon as you get bogged down with the nonsense, that's when the bad things happen. You become a sad panda. We don't want to be sad pandas. We want to be happy pandas. Uh, before we get into the questions, again, I'll always post these on my Twitter at Simon316, and you can ask whatever the hell you want. I would like to discuss my wrestling recently, too, because I've been enjoying it very muchly. And the only reason I get to do my wrestling is because of good people like you supporting yourself. So shout out to Thunder Rosa and Brian and Jeremiah and Emily and everybody at Mission Pro Wrestling for having me back over in San Antonio and JP Harlow and Joey Hyder. I mean, I don't want to break the fourth wall here, but those two guys are fantastic. And I hope they have all the success in the world because flub me sideways, do I like working with them? But we had our second match, and it's some of the most fun I've ever had in a wrestling ring. That crowd is wonderful. I mean, that's who the biggest thanks has to go with. The, the, <laughs> I mean, I hate, I hate talking about myself like this. I really struggle with it, but I was so taken aback, I will. I got like a music pop. They were so aware that I was coming out. They knew my music, and they popped when it started. And I almost cried. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. And they give me such a good evasion. So thank you for that. And also thank you for all the other places I've worked recently. Uh, Progress, I've been doing the hosting. And wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Fun things are happening there soon. I didn't say anything. Um, who else have I been doing? The Vortex, they're awesome. Uh, PWE, they're awesome as well. Uh, UPW, I get to obviously be the moneymaker, the Hill character. I'm going to stop saying companies because I'm going to forget some. But I'm also I'm debuting for Riot Cabaret in January. I've wanted to work for them for ages so that is going to be absolutely and that's going to be absolutely awesome and there's a a bunch of places places i'm hoping to get back to soft pro my gosh soft pro we haven't talked about soft pro where i got one of the best reactions i've ever got to the point it blew my brain and i'm and i'm still not over it so yeah i mean there's lots going on if you do want to come down and support you can find me uh just go to twitter at simon316 and yeah you'll find uh you'll find all of my dates and I'd love to see you. And I also got to fly over to Austria. So thank you to uh, to, to um, Rings of Europe for having me over for that as well. That was an absolutely crazy day. It was nuts. And thank you to Stephanie Sterling too for having me in Spectrum Wrestling, which is also, it's just been, it's just been a really good time. So as I had these five minutes here, uh, you know, I broke my hand in April and it was a harder road back than I thought it was going to be. I didn't realize my confidence was actually quite shot. But over the last few weeks, I've had a few matches. I found my feet a little bit, which you could also watch on my YouTube channel. As long as the promoter green lights it, I always put them up on my YouTube channel. So you can check that out again. Search for Simon Miller. And we do a little bit of reaction and I try 
and give you some personal thoughts on it. And it's always very self-deprecating. But fingers crossed for 2023, especially if you are listening to this and you're in the New York area, 21st of January, Battle Club Pro. I'm making my debut there as well. Now, I wrestled in Texas this year. It's flubbing awesome. New York was on my list. We're doing that in January. We've got to get California in. We've got to get Canada in. And then we'll, you know, we'll see where we go here. But the fact that people are flying me around the world to professional wrestle, as I always say, when I took my first bump, if somebody told me that's what's going to happen, I'd have been absolutely astonished. And once more, I mean, I put a lot of work in, but you guys give me all that support in the world. So I appreciate it massively. And as I do have this little platform, I wanted to say it. Okay, I'm going to load the questions up and we're going to ask those and see where the hell we get. Okay, we shall start with, I've lost it already, James Roach, our angry wrestling manager, James Roach, who says, why are you scared of Yestin Reese? Rolling the man up, only his 4,000 pound cape should ever be rolled up. So this is what happened at Sov Pro back in, I can't even remember when that show was now, but it was an awesome show. And yeah, I was involved in a massive eight-man crazy match. Yeston Reese was posing in the ring. So what did I do? I snuck up and I used the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll-up, and I beat him. Now, it's only fair to say, I was then rolled up <laughs> and I got beat as well. James, I've let it go. I think you should too. Side says, do you think the AEW roster is getting too big and storylines are getting thinner and thinner and not complex and meaningful like they used to? Also, do you feel this version of AEW is a downgrade from the original AEW with the initial roster so a very positive comment i'm only kidding my man i appreciate you very very much i'm never gonna say the roster is too big because you want a big roster right i mean of course it can be too big but ultimately the more people you have the better it is because um you know people getting jobs is always a plus and you have more toys to play with i do think that aew sometimes could well, I mean, they do have lots of good stories. I think sometimes we get bogged down in the in the little bits. And I think it's always important to remember it is not WWE. And Tony Khan has said this. Like, he used to watch Nitro, and he enjoyed the fact that there was random matches. And that was a massive sort of... Sometimes I was like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if this had a better storyline? But then he said that, and I was like, oh, yeah, I used to enjoy that too. Because as a kid, you watch things far more... Well, you just don't think about them as much. You kind of take them for what they are. But there are a bunch of, like, I mean, complex stories. I mean, MJF versus CM Punk was complex and it was brilliant. Everything between Omega and John Moxley when Omega went heel at the end I thought was brilliant. I don't think you want too many complex storylines because it's too hard to keep up. But yes, maybe some other matches that we have had would be better served if they had a teeny bit of story and weren't as random. But I don't think it's as bad as even I thought a few weeks ago. But then I never thought it was bad to begin with, really. And no. I don't think it's a downgrade. You know, adding the lights off, obviously not anymore, but CM Punk, Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, it would be a bunch of guys I can't remember. I mean, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, these are top-tier talent, and you want them in the company. So no, I don't think it's a downgrade. And I also think we have to remember that AEW is now three years old, so, you know, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. There just is. You have to accept it. But I think all wrestling is pretty good right now. There's not a show that I, that I dread. I should also point out that in the middle of this recording, Mandy Rose has been released from WWE, which is kind of crazy, given we talked about her, you know, 20 minutes ago. Um, apparently there was some sort of OnlyFans account. It wasn't OnlyFans, but an alternative of that was found. Apparently the content was, you know, not PC for WWE and they got rid of her. That's a different conversation for a different day, but yeah, controversial to say the least. Mr. Waffle says, AEW and WWE both have you as their celebrity guest wrestler on their UK tours. Who are your opponents and what is the stipulation no champions allowed? Well, firstly, I'm living the dream right here. I mean, if WWE rolled into town... I would love to take on someone like Baron Corbin because I just think that would be really fun. Baron Corbin knows what he's doing, man. I would get a kick out of that. And as for AEW, I mean, it would probably be Miro. 
because I just think that would be hilarious. If not, I want to tag with Danhausen. This is my new dream. I just, against Brandon Cutler and um, uh, Peter Avalon <laughs> on AEW Dark. The absolute dream. Uh, so that would be that stipulation. And then the one against Baron Corbin would be uh, bald guy has to go balder. There you go. Don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mark's in New Mexico said, did you have a great time in Texas? And how was your weekend there? Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, due to things that came up, I had to fly out on the Friday and fly back on the Sunday. But it was such a privilege. Uh, Thunder Rosa is a really good person. She treats me so nice, as is our old whole team. Genuinely treat me like I'm family, which is, it sounds a bit silly, but they do. And it's uh, it's super cool. Like It's super cool. I had a great time, and I'll absolutely be back at Mission Pro Wrestling. And make sure you support them too. Check out Mission Pro Wrestling on YouTube and Title Match Network if you want to watch the whole shows. It's me, Vaughn, says you and Tate. <laughs> When's it happening? So you are referring to Tate Mayfair, who I am... Well, I suppose I, I hate him. <laughs> so for those that don't know, I am the ring host. I'm the announcer. No, whatever you want to call it. I'm the host, right? I'm the MC of Progress Wrestling. They have a host. Come out, you know, G up the fans, do a bit of ring announcing, do a bit of selling. You know, it's like a compier when you go to a comedy gig. It's a fun, it's a fun job to have. And over the last few months, Tate Mayfairs, who is a terrific professional wrestler, by the way. I've always been a fan of Tate. You can see that on my on my Twitter if you go back way back when has this stupid entrance, right? We have to say, if you Google the best wrestler, <laughs> or some bollocks. Um, and he doesn't like the way I said it, so he just started to get, like, assy with me. So eventually I was just like, well, I'm not going to do your entrance anymore then, Tate. I mean, why would I? If someone keeps punching in your face, you don't stand there. You take a step to the left. Then he got super pissed off, and in the last Progress show, yeah, he got physical with me. And I lost my temper, and I was going to beat the crap out of him. But, you know, that's I have, a, I have, a, I have an MC contract. I don't have a, a wrestler contract. So... You know, I can't answer that question. I can't. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, the guy can still just kiss my ass. So Rob Bunt says, out of curiosity, would you know what the hardest part of the ring is? Sorry, Rob. I have absolutely no idea. Although I would go to Pro Wrestling Tees forward slash Simon Miller very soon for a t-shirt. Jay Wright says, what are your take on the rumors of Roman doubleheading both WrestleManias? Would you have him face Rock and have someone else take Rhodes? What would be your final idea? What would be your ideal final four for the Rumble? So if he is going to work both nights, I would like him to take on The Rock night one and then Cody Rhodes night two. And the reason I say that is because Cody Rhodes has to beat him for one of the championships. That's how you get probably the WWE title off him. But you, he can't, the first match he has, he has to win. Because if he loses to Cody Rhodes and then he gets to The Rock, it's like, oh, well, he already lost, right? So The Rock match has to feel like there's a potential that it could be The Rock versus Cody Rhodes on Sunday. So that's what I would do. And I would, I would do it for one belt on the Saturday, one belt on the Sunday. And that's how you break it up. And then also, if Roman Reigns gets to SummerSlam, he's got like 1,095 days with that thing. And he can move into number five on the top Reigns, uh, top WWE champion reign ever. He knocks out Pedro Morales. That's a cool thing. He's in the history books. And then we can just move on. I don't mind Roman having both belts. But if he is going to be on both shows, he should lose one night on the Sunday so the WWE title could go back to Raw. Because it needs it. It does. That's something that is absolutely missing from the show. And my ideal final four for the Rumble, well, it depends. If they can actually get the rock in the thing, which was a pie-in-the-sky rumor, but you would pitch that, wouldn't you? Why don't we try? Why not? Don't ask, don't get. But that kind of changes it, because without the rock, you could do something like Cody, you could have Seth, which makes sense, they had a feud. And there's got to be some other guys that you want to push that I can't think of right now. You could have a Bron Breaker in there, and you could maybe have a Bobby Lashley or, or something like that. Maybe you could do Bron Bobby Lashley and Bron Breaker at WrestleMania. That would be pretty badass, especially if Bron won. And then he could actually, actually, now I think about it, and you could get down to Cody versus Seth, and that's how <laughs> Cody screws him over one last time. And then you do the, the Cody match on the second night of, um, of WrestleMania. I would do something like that, but of course, if The Rock is in it, that changes it. And if The Rock is in it, you probably want him against three heels. I think you could still put Seth Rollins in there, because Seth Rollins is truly, truly incredible. Um, 
I mean, you could put Roman Reigns in there. I mean, you could put Roman Reigns in there. He could enter to try and stop anybody challenging him, and The Rock throws him out to set up that. I mean, that would be quite cool. And then maybe you could have Sami Zayn in there too, and Roman Reigns throws Sami Zayn out, which also sets that up. But, I mean, I think it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens at the Rumble. But there's lots of things you can do. Uh, D-Odd says, this is amazing. What is the hardest part of the ring? <laughs> I've started a cult. What was the easiest finisher and the hardest finisher you've taken? Well, the easiest finisher is a, is a Canadian destroyer or a destroyer of Code Red. You just fall backwards as the person taking it. It's nowhere near as terrifying as it seems. And the hardest one I've ever done was a powerbomb off the top rope through a table. Shout out to my man, Bullet. That was I was genuinely scared. When I was up there, I massively regretted it. <laughs> so I don't want to do this anymore. If I had a magic wand, I would have come down. Uh, but I was all right. I was okay. He took care of me. He's a good dude. Alfie says, if the promotion allows, would you be willing to do an ups and downs for shows you've been in? Well, I certainly would, but it's a time thing. Ups and downs takes longer than people realize, which is good. I don't want it to feel like it takes a long time. I want it to feel like it, uh, it zooms through and there's you know barely any effort that goes into it because that's the feeling I want you guys to have. But... I know I sound like an idiot and you'll have to forgive me, but I do care so much that after I've done raw ups and downs, especially given that it is such a long show, I feel drained <laughs> because I really want to make them as entertaining as possible. Now, it doesn't mean that you are entertained. That's just what I'm trying to do. So, you know, I want to try and keep up that standard and try and doing it for my own shows. I just don't know where I'd get the time. We don't even have time for NXT ups and downs, but I would do it, of course, if I could. I think that would be great. Uh, Ultimate Twins fan says, what is your fantasy goofy wrestling match? Who's in it? What's the gimmick and who wins? Well, I mean, Dan Housen would be in there. Maybe the ass, the ass boys. They're pretty good at it. Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, they're the masters of goofy wrestling. So I just want some kind of mad battle royal with all these idiots. Again, Peter Avalon. Um, did I say Brandon Cutler? I can't remember, but him. There'll be other people I'm not even thinking about right now. But just all of us in a battle royal. And who cares who wins? We all win somehow. Or we all fall out at the same time and lose. Uh, I'd be so happy. David Finley said, when you eventually make your AEWWWE debut, he's got a lot of faith in me as old David, would you rather be a monster heel or a goofy comedy wrestler? Well, it all depends, doesn't it? I'm probably going to get more enjoyment out of goofy comedy wrestler, but there's probably more longevity into being monster heel. So I just do whatever the hell they wanted me to do. You'll be surprised to hear I don't take myself very seriously. And if I did actually get a WWE or AEW contract, to me, that would be a massive success, even if I was jobbed out for all my time there. It's a very rare thing, and you can't go much higher than that. And I would take a lot of worth from it. That's just how I see the world. More for me. Winston says, what would you call the match of the year for 2022? For me, it's a tie between Rhodes and Rollins at Hell in a Cell and Sheamus versus Gunther at Clash at the Castle. Well, I did do this list, and it's going up soon. And I try and be a little bit um, balanced with it. I don't just want to pick WWE matches or New Japan matches or AEW matches. But I was a big fan of that Orange Cassidy versus Will Ospreay match, mostly because I'm such an Orange Cassidy fan, and I thought it was ridiculous that everyone was like, oh, I can't believe you're putting Orange Cassidy against Will Ospreay. And as always, Orange Cassidy just smashed it. And I love how he, I mean, he is the master of blending goofy wrestling and serious wrestling, so he's like my hero in many ways. So that gets a mention, the two that you would absolutely get a mention. Um, that tag match the other day on Ring of Honor Final Battle, the dog collar between FTR and the Briscoes would get a mention. I thought that was tremendous. And there'll be other ones too. Like the Okada Osprey match from uh, the G1 Climax was... <laughs> if you're not into that stuff, I get it, but good grief, man. And the MJF CM Punk dog collar match. I thought that rocked as well. So, you know, there's been some tremendous matches this year. And that's what makes those lists so cool. Because you can sit down and relive them all. Uh, Chain to the Stake says, who would you like to face in a dark match when AEW comes to London? Really do appreci uh, uh, appreciate the, the faith you all have in me. I mean, anybody. Nick Comoroto, he called me a bald guy. We could take on him. Who else came at me on Twitter? I can't even remember now. There's been loads. 
have to take them out. Phil Heslop says, if you had to do a finisher on my granny, I like it, Phil. This is the kind of weird shib that I like. Which would be the most confident executing safely, but still look devastating? She still has her own hips, if that helps. Well, I mean, probably a power bomb, because it, you can do a power bomb. It's not going to look crazy crazy devastating but you're still picking an old woman up and putting her down as long as you put her down nicely which is what you meant to do and she takes the proper bump she'll be okay so i'd probably give her a power bomb or a leg drop of doom uh cbchcb definitely his real name says hey simon who do you think bray wyatt will face at wrestlemania i don't see him being put in a title match soon but who could he be in a big program with as i imagine the la night feud would end before then i had an idea for this earlier and now i've forgotten it because i'm a moron I thought, oh my gosh, Bray Wyatt, if you were this guy at WrestleMania, and it would be great. <laughs> I can't remember. So, I mean, who could it be? I, I don't think he needs a Marquee match at WrestleMania. I just think he needs a match where he can win and beat somebody that's a name, because that was always the problem with Bray Wyatt. So let's not go too crazy. So once again, you could go in there with a Baron Corbin. I know some people will roll their eyes at that, but he always does such a good job. And again, he can lose and Bray Wyatt should win, even though I would like Baron Corbin to get his edge back, not Adam Copeland, and, you know, be a bit more of a badass. But I totally understand he fits a role and the role he's very good at it. So, yes, Baron Corbin, or maybe, I need a roster in front of me when I'm thinking this stuff. I don't know. Randy Orton? No, <laughs> let's not do that. Ryan says, would you be willing to go on RJ City's Hey EW and do an ups and downs of the interview as it was happening? My man, I will go on that show any day of the week. I think it is brilliant. Mike Friend says, love your content. Long time watcher. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate it. Do you think there will be another megastar like The Rock or Stone Cold or Cena? The closest person to that level at the moment I feel is Reigns. Is the marketing booking just too vastly different these days to launch someone to that level? No, I don't think so. Like The world has changed in the sense that the biggest sell point for both big companies or any company is the name wwe aw new japan but you know you can always get a megastar come along like somebody that actually changes the game it happened with hogan it happened with the rock stone cold john cena uh, you know rick flair in, in the nwa i mean not as crazy mainstream but still you know he made an impact it will be different just because the world has changed, but it absolutely can happen. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happened within the next five years. Uh, Tony says, what's the biggest non-wrestling thing you've learned from being a wrestler? Just respect everybody, really. Not that I didn't know that beforehand, but respect goes a long way. And even if somebody gives you crap, if you're respectful to them, eventually you'll win them over. Because if they're trying to get to you and they can't, then eventually they get bored and they give up. Hazard said, what's the long-term goal in wrestling and what are some of your favorite wrestling belt designs? Well, the Winged Eagle WWF Championship is the best one ever. And in terms of my long-term wrestling goals, at the moment, it's just to have fun. Of course, I'd love to have a match in AEW or do something with WWE. We've already discussed that. But I just want to have fun. I just want to enjoy myself because the latter half of this year, that's what I've gone out to do. And I'm enjoying wrestling more than ever. And that's when you realize that's what it's all about. It's meant to be fun. So make sure you have fun. Uh, Piper says, hey, Simon, do you think Bray Wyatt will end up having a match soon? And who would you put him against at WrestleMania? Uh, well, we've already done that. And yes, I think we'll probably do LA Knight at the Royal Rumble. And I like that feud a lot. It's different. And everybody needs fresh matchups. It keeps you interested. Uh, II says, morning, Simon. It's most likely a long way off. But who do you have your money on to dethrone MJF? I did have somebody for this. I think I said Jungle Boy, did I not? I would give it to a homegrown star. I mean, I would have given it to Ricky Starks, but I don't think you're going to double back round to that. So I would give it to Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, or you could give it to, uh, you could turn Ethan Page face and do that. He'd absolutely be able to, to, to pull that off. But no, I think Jungle Boy. Why not, right? Let's get these people, it doesn't have to be the greatest championship reign ever, but let's just tell people he has the ability to, to, to be the champ. Why not? Universe Mode says, what's it like arriving to wrestling shows? Is it ever awkward or anything? 
Well, I mean, not, not not so much now because it's a very incestuous industry. It's just true. So you do see a lot of the same people at the same shows. So they become your buddies. They become your friends. But yeah, I remember when I had my match over WrestleMania weekend in Texas and I didn't know the locker room and I was just some weird British guy. I felt like I was back in high school, not even high school, middle school. You know, I was nervous and I was anxious and nobody knew who I was and I didn't know them. And it was, I just didn't feel very confident. But then, you know, soon after that, you realize they're all great people. They're all lovely people. And it was fun to work with them. But yeah, I mean, you know, it does have that locker room mentality sometimes. It can get in your head. It's just the truth. Chris says, why did the wrestling podcast go away in the first place? Well, we've discussed that, so we don't talk about it again. Paul James says, the Viking Raiders, an up or a down, it's an up from me. Well, I really like them. I just don't like the way they're booked right now. It's a bit like Hit Row and... um, uh, you know, uh, what's the first name? Legado del Fantasma. It just kind of seemed to be floating through nothingness at the moment. And I think that sucks. There you go. There's somebody that needs some stories right there. Gary says, could every day still be Rusev Day? Well, I hope so, because I celebrate it every single 24 hours. And Just Jim Credible says, one, given the multiple openings of the... F- start again. Given the multiple openings of the Forbidden Door, making most current day dream matches a reality what is one dream match that seems far from possible you'd like to see Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson because they'll tie each other up like octopuses number two come up with a new type of match the goofier the better please ah bro I can't do that especially not on the spot every single wrestling match has ever been done it would just ruin the rest of the podcast but I do appreciate you uh cactus says i asked this of phil and garrett so i'm asking you too what famous gimmick match would you make into a lego set <laughs> mine is tlso too well obviously hell in the cell 1998 i want a little mick foley coming off the top of the cage while undertaker looks at him that would be rad ryan says do you see a scenario in wwe where they don't separate roman's titles but rather bring back the big gold belt to have their two world champions by remixing the 2002 storyline ryan i appreciate you but no <laughs> Mike says, take us into the mindset of a man who thinks right. So here's this shovel. So this ties into my match with JP Harlow at Mission Pro Wrestling. And yes, I lost because somebody smashed me in the back with a shovel. Now we're late on in this podcast, so we can break the fourth wall. I mean, the shovel tied into the first match where JP tried to hit me with it. I ducked. We did the whole um, reverse waist lock thing. And then I stabbed on the shovel, hit him in the penis, hit the spear, hit the falcon arrow, one, two, three. So, of course, I came out this time with the shovel. But it was to my undoing because JP tried to use it again. I whacked it into his penis once more. This time, the referee had been brought out and he smacked me in the back. Now, the first one he gave me, even I knew when he hit me, well, that wasn't hard enough. And I bet it looked like it sucked. He knew this too. So he whispered that another one was coming. Flubbed me sideways did he hit me. <laughs> My back was a mess in terms of the surface bruises. I was absolutely fine. Maybe I won't do that one again. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. However, I get it, right? I get it. I know what wrestling is, and it was fine. It really, truly was. My man Mike Anger says, how have you kept your call with Tate Mayfairs? You know it, Mike. Mike works at Progress and a bunch of uh, companies in UK pro wrestling too. He's a very, very good dude. I like him a lot. And Wrestling With Whiskey says, well, he kept his call into the last chapter. Let's see what unboxing brings. Let us see what unboxing brings. Jamie says, no question, but just wanted to say what a top job you're doing at hosting Progress. Didn't think anybody would be able to have the same sort of connection with the fans as Jim. But here we are all jumping around for your hat. Can't wait to see you smash Mayfairs. Well, I appreciate that, man. Some people still give me a lot of uh, crap over that, but I'm just trying to do my own thing. I'm not trying to copy anybody else. I'm just trying to be Simon Miller. So that means the world. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Asia D says, how long have you been wrestling? Well, I started training in 2016, debuted in 2018. So technically it's like six years, but it's not true because we had two years of a pandemic. So we'll say four years, not very long. 
Mr. Moo says, hey, Simon, with AEW coming to London next year and likely Craven Cottage. I don't think they're going to do Craven Cottage next year. I think they're going to do Wembley. I imagine it'll be a Dynamite special. I'm thinking it'll be called something like London Calling or Cottage Collision or Battle of Britain. Do you have any thoughts on a name? I don't think they call it Battle of Britain because I think that will annoy some people. Um, I mean, you could do something like, yeah, Cottage Collision, but I don't think it's going to be at Craven Cottage just yet. I think it'll be at Wembley, but they will give it a name. I'm too tired to come up with a good one. You'll have to forgive me. Uh, Sneg says, I think Judgment Day needs a belt. Do you guys think JD need, needs a belt? That's like a rap. I think Judgment Day needs a belt. Do you think they're going to do that anymore? Yeah, probably. Uh, I think Rhea Ripley should win the World Championship at WrestleMania 39. And you could sort of maybe get the US Championship onto Finn Balor down the line. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they would be good with the belt, but they're good anyway. Uh, Shazam says, do you feel like the hype and the buzz around AEW has died down or soured since the CM Punk debacle? I feel like every three months, storylines have to be scrapped and it's hard to buy into now, i.e. MJF versus Punk and now Regal MJF. I mean, I don't think so. But of course, some people are going to think so. And never forget, that's totally cool. You can only engage with the product in the way that your brain and your heart wants to, right? And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. Uh, the Shedwood says, when are you going to do a run-in on those triple, <laughs> on those team triple jump guys and get your name out of their mouths? My man, they can say my name as much as they want. I love those guys. They are heroes and they make me warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. Uh, Peter Smith says, or Smythe, I should say, who is the next big British talent and why is it Leon Slater? It's true. It is Leon Slater. If anybody hasn't seen Leon Slater, you absolutely have to check out Leon Slater. That guy is truly amazing, right? I try not to tweet too much about wrestlers because I'm really worried about forgetting somebody or not putting somebody over in the right way. But he is so damn good and he's so damn nice and he's so damn respectful. I did a tweet a few months ago on this guy and he's going to fly. I think he's only like 17 years old or something crazy and he's already gone to the States and every time I see him in a match, he just gets better and better and he's humble and he's just a super good dude and I really hope that he smashes it and I really hope as soon as he turns 18 he gets signed up somewhere and of course don't forget in his early 20s he's going to fill out as well future world champion as far as I'm concerned I got nothing but love from Leon Slater uh, Spaz Phoenix says would you rather have Roman challenged by Punk Cody Rock or Sammy or a fatal four-way on night one to face Roman on night two or a five-way for the title I mean no I don't want any multi-person matches I don't like them as much I mean, I would like to do this. I think we should do Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. We should do Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns at the February show. I wouldn't mind if one of them beats Roman Reigns, but I don't think WWE is going to do that, so I forget about it. Sammy and, Rome, uh, Sammy and Kevin can then get back together to beat the Usos at WrestleMania, which is still an amazing plan B. It's going to make me feel awesome. And then you do the Rock Cody thing. That's what I would do. I think that's how you get the most mileage out of everything we have done with... Um, what do you call it? Uh, with Roman Reigns. And somebody has to beat him, but I think you could even hold off to SummerSlam if you wanted to, if he is only going to uh, if he is only going to do to do one match. But there's lots of options, which is cool, right? I think that's massively important that um, there's so many different things that we can do. And there's not really, uh, you know, I can't see anything where you go, like, oh, man, that was crap, right? I just can't. And of course, I, I could be wrong. I'm often wrong, but that's just how I feel at the moment. I'm excited to see how it plays out. I appreciate the fact that um, WWE has put so much time into this because it's different and we need fresh stuff. We always need fresh stuff. And it's so easy to forget about that because when you do fresh stuff, sometimes it seems a bit boring and a bit weak because you're like, well, this doesn't, you know, this doesn't feel like a, 
a, a superstar event. But no, because you have to build people. It's like sometimes AEW will throw brand new people in the main event. Yes, it's going to be difficult, but you have to wait and see how they're going to connect and you have to build from there. And if you never do that, it's, it's going to be the same people over and over again. So, yeah. Scott Woodford says, my question is, what is your match of the year, singles and tag team? Well, we've kind of done this. Um, let's just pick one for fun. Probably MJF, CM Punk, dog collar match. And the, the tag team match is probably the FTR Briscoe's third match. I mean, that's not even massively my type of wrestling, but it was just so passionate. It was so intense. And I was just so impressed by the damn thing. I thought it was awesome. I really do. Kirk says, are long-haired wrestlers better than bald ones? And why is it long-haired ones? Kirk, you that sentence structure is really bad. <laughs> we just We just got to tell it like it is. I mean, are they? I don't necessarily think that's true. The biggest star of all time was Stone Cold Steve Austin. The other one was Hulk Hogan. And they were both bald. The Rock is now bald. He's the third one. John Cena's also losing his hair, so that counts as bald. So you're completely wrong with this. <laughs> bald. Bald people for life. It's as simple as that. And I do believe... Let me see if we've got any more questions that have come in as I have been talking. There were more than this, but a lot of them are repeats. I still massively do appreciate it, but if I didn't read your question out, it's just because somebody else had already asked it, which, um, which is a shame. But it kind of doubles down on the fact that if you want to, um, if you want to, get, if you want to get on the show, you've got to ask really weird questions. Like Francis Reyes, who says, is 2023 the Jack Hagar train of fun, which is a Ministry of Slam reference. Can you believe that? The Ministry of Slam, which was back in 2011. My first foray into wrestling multimedia where i did i was a big fan of jack swagger and i dubbed the year when he won the money in the bank the jack swagger year of fun a uh, train of fun sorry why did i do this i don't know there's no reasons as you've probably learned by now i'm really 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 weird <laughs> right i think that's pretty much it i'm gonna double check a new site just to make sure that nothing has happened uh, while we have been doing this. No, Mandy Rose was caught off fire, off guard by her recent firing. I'm not surprised. Soraya comments on rumors about Sasha Banks. We didn't talk about that, actually. Sasha Banks going to New Japan on, Jan on January 4th for Wrestle Kingdom, apparently being paid well over $100,000 per appearance. And that's why she's doing it. And it wouldn't surprise me if she is doing it a bit with WWE's blessing. I don't think they would have asked her, but I think they'll be so desperate to ensure she signs again. Why wouldn't you appease her right now? Appease her. Say good things about her. Give her the freedom. And then she's likely to come back again. Because do not forget, Sasha Banks is a massive star. Just go and look when anybody tweets anything negative about her. I mean, I don't think you ever need to tweet anything negative. You can always be constructive. But people go absolutely nuts. And you can probably um, weaponize that, I was going to say. That's not the right word. But you can tap into that. I don't know how much that fan base is going to watch New Japan. But we'll find out, right? It's probably worth a risk, given the... Um, the standing she does have. And Ethan Page re-signed with AEW as well. And I like that a lot. I'm a big fan of Ethan Page. I think he's a super nice guy. I think he works really hard. He dropped all that weight and got in so much better shape, which is always cool. It goes to show that he, you know, that he's doing it right. And I think it's a shame he wasn't able to win the tournament, but I get why he wanted to do it with Ricky Starks as opposed to um, as opposed to Ethan, given that you know you want a heel versus a face. But in 2023, it's a lot like Miro as far as I'm concerned. He's always going to be good. He's always going to be consistent. He's always going to have people following him. And at some point, it's going to be time to pull the trigger, and we absolutely should do it, right? We should do it and see what he can do because I would give him a world title run down the line. People got mad at me when I said that about uh, Miro, and they're saying it, some people get mad when I say about Ethan Page. But look, I'd give Dan Housen a world title run, man. I don't think we need to worry about this stuff. I think we just need to have fun and goofy wrestling for life. I totally mean it. Again, <laughs> prowrestlingtees.com forward slash Simon Miller. Actually, Sasha Banks did just tweet out a makeup line is coming. A makeup brand is coming. Tutorials are coming. I'm doing so much, especially the last month of 2022. I have a couple of more weeks to get everything in order before the new year. I am just working. So there you go. 
Big things are coming from Sasha Banks. She's obviously going to make a huge comeback in 2023. And good for her. It's much like the William Regal situation. Remember, these people are human beings. They're individuals. They're just like you and I, but they're in the public eye. And they're being professional wrestlers. So always be nice to them. And remember, you don't have to go crazy. <laughs> you don't have to go crazy and hurl insults at them. I don't think that's going to get you anywhere anyway. Right, we will draw a line under this. It's a pleasure to be back. Thank you so much for spending this last hour or so with me. You know all the plugs. Uh, YouTube.com, search for Simon Miller. Give me a subscribe. It'd be great if we get to 300,000 uh, subscribers on there. Something I've been working towards for a, for a while now. And I'll make sure I put the podcast up there too at Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. What else have I got? Patreon.com for Simon316. Like, thank you. As always, you guys are heroes. We talked about pro wrestling tees. If you're into my fitness stuff, you can go to Sanson Athletics. Find one of my videos. And you will uh, have a link in there. If you click that, it's an affiliate link. And you can buy some of my fitness t-shirts for the Fitness Palace of Love, which is indeed what I call the gym. And I'm on Cameo, if you would like a holiday shout-out. I did a lot of Cameos today, and I genuinely really enjoy it. It's just fun going absolutely nuts <laughs> on these things. And people seem to get a kick out of them, which makes me feel pretty good as well. So, yes. Thank you so much for being back with me. I appreciate you. We will go back to trying to drop at least one episode every single Wednesday, but it will be far more consistent. Now I do have some time back. Take care of yourself. Remember to always enjoy wrestling, goofy wrestling for life, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah.